0: Uh... Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. To Opinion Central. I'm
1: Connor Limbaugh. I'm Paul Donald. And. All right, Connor. Yeah. You, you personally, you, Connor Limba, you uh-huh. hacked into Amber Alert. You can now send one message to every smartphone in your country, which would be the USA. What do you send? And this is asked by Reddit user, La uh, Sam.
0: I get to say anything in the
1: world. You get to send an Amber Alert text. To everyone in the united states so you get a composite text. the united states yeah yeah so you get composite text that gets sent to every single cellular device mm-hmm. in the united states what do you what's your message what do you say
0: so i i feel the go-to response or the smart response would be to be like hey go follow my youtube channel something like that uh, oh but... so you
1: use it as like an advertisement. <laughs> i
0: feel like it would be quite the advertisement if it went to every single person but
1: but then the thing is if you advertise like hey go to my youtube channel at this then the government knows who it is then the government knows they know oh it's you yeah so then you'd be in jail jail jail
0: but hey there's that one hacker who hacked the fbi or something and then they hired him yeah that was really funny yeah, I I don't know about the I'm I'm fuzzy upon the details, but that that was generally the the thingy Maduber. But I don't I don't think I would actually want to advertise. I think I'd want to send something silly. I think that's what I
1: would do. Do you have a silly a silly saying that you would say? Um. Okay, so I would either I would either like just be very simple and just say something completely random like. I don't know. Um, top, cheese graters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheese graters or like taco sauce or something completely random. Or uh-huh. or I'd probably like try to say something that would feel like I'm targeting you, even though it's the entire country. So they're all like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> so I'd, I, I'd probably be like, uh, I'd probably be like, you know, I really like your dog. Mm-hmm. And for all the people who have dogs, they're like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Or,
0: or, uh, or um, how's that caramel latte, that you're, you're
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you try to get really specific and you like call out a name, be like, "Uh, hey, uh, Jacob, what's up?" And so all the people who are named Jacob are like, "Wait, what? What?" what's going on huh? Huh? everyone else are like oh wrong number the government has my number wrong I don't know.
0: yeah uh, it'd be nice if you could find somebody in that triple in that triple then diagram that it only applies to people like who are named this who are doing this yeah
1: then you could get really specific Who are the problem is this text is getting sent just to everyone in the country
0: yeah i i, I, I think if you found three things that were broad enough that uh Significant enough, enough people, or even just one person.
1: I could say something like, "Hey, here's my number. Put my actual number down and be like, send me a text and see how many fucking texts I get." But then the government would know, Paul. Okay, but I would want to know how many people reply to that. How uh, how 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 much would my phone explode?
0: Uh, like would I have? You'd like, have to get a new phone. You'd, would I have like
1: have. over a million texts? You would I have mean,
0: to get a new phone
1: i mean what there's 300 million people in the united states how many of those people would actually be like okay i'll i'll, I'll text this number
0: <laughs> oh okay yeah,
1: uh, sure whatever uh, sure sure we'll go for it
0: um or i could give something kind of kind of ominous like do you ever think silence hurts
1: <laughs> oh yeah get really like <laughs> be like do ears think <laughs>
0: or uh i i don't know uh i'm I'm scrolling through my notes right now actually like trying to find something yeah yeah. something that would be um interesting to hear just like that everyone would hear and be like uh hello what oh what is this (laughs) okay there big guy uh didn't know you were
1: that into ramen noodles, but <laughs> now we all know. Yeah, you could send a photo, cause it yeah, it, does, it doesn't have you. to be. It's it's just a message. Mm-hmm. So like, you could just send a really weird photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots you of could send options. It. Lots of options.
0: Or, uh, or I could just be like, I was on the cover of People magazine with. Matthew McConaughey, what have you done?
1: <laughs> really call him out
0: you <laughs> like Matthew McConaughey, that was me that I was am me. Matthew
1: McConaughey, <laughs> and then the government <laughs> takes out Matthew McConaughey,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah they all think that it was Matthew.
1: There you go, blame it on someone famous
0: uh-huh, uh-huh
1: all right well i th- we you you're in control today. Oh yeah. You you have the power of today's topic.
0: Yeah yeah.
1: So I'm just gonna. I've f- like hand over the um. I don't know.
0: The. The what, Paul? What I'm, are you handing to I'm me?
1: handing you the. the... I'm really particular about my hands right now. I'm handing you the uh the the, I, stomach. Do do... I'm ha- the stomach. I? I'm ha- the stomach. The body of the podcast. I'm just gonna throw it to you. You ready? Okay. Okay. I'm let me let me get get your baseball mitt and uh, Ah. okay all right all right right. 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 you're in control
0: this feeling has come over me uh this feeling of power of unadulterated unspeakable power okay um but for real we're gonna talk today about shakespeare because i like shakespeare And I've been thinking about Shakespeare all this week. And I'm an English major studying things like Shakespeare. I just read a Shakespeare play. Actually, Paul, shoot me with uh, Shakespeare plays. How many Shakespeare plays do you know?
1: Ooh, not a lot. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I know the one um, you were in, it it was like The Two Brides and... um, I, I can't I don't know names really well. Mm-hmm. It was Do you like remember when, the setting? Do you remember the setting? Of I remember one? you were a French Frenchman, mm-hmm. and um, I was a French doctor. actually. French doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I the, don't. I don't remember <clears throat> yes. much, much about the plot. Yes, um, the
0: play that you are talking about is the Merry Wives of Windsor.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that and specifically
0: then, the first quarto, So it would be John Falstaff and the Merry Wives of Windsor.
1: Okay. I think. Right, well, there you go. See, that's one I know. Romeo and Juliet.
0: Okay, Romeo and Juliet. Good. Hamlet. Okay.
1: Um, did he do? Was he Macbeth?
0: Yep, Macbeth. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Anything else? That's about where my knowledge stops in terms okay. of Shakespeare plays. Okay. uh How about? Uh, I'll give you
0: like, Much Ado About Nothing. Have you heard that one?
1: I've heard of it. I, was, I don't know what it's about. Do you have to know this one? A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. I've heard of that one.
0: That one's huge. That one is probably the Shakespeare show I've seen the most. Uh, King Lear?
1: I've heard of that.
0: Julius Caesar?
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: there's King Richard II. That one's pretty big. Richard the Third's pretty big. Uh, and then. Um, Let's see here. Another one you would know, Othello. Do you know Othello? Othello. Othello.
1: I don't know that one.
0: I haven't read that one, but you know it's good. King Lear's pretty good. Uh, But today we're going to be talking about the Tempest. Yeah. Did you know the Tempest? Nope. (laughs) The Tempest is a funny one. Um, It's not fun. I'm sorry. It is not a comedy. It is not. (laughs) It is not. It was more dramatic. The Tempest is, I believe, one of his uh, his late. Just hold on, I have some notes on the subject.
1: I am an English major, after all. <laughs> 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 my, my, my notes.
0: Yeah, let me consult my notes here. Oh no, that's the wrong class. I'm sorry, I should have had these out earlier. Um, yeah, here we are. here we are. Okay, the Tempest. It is a late. Okay, do you know what a romance is? Tell me
1: what a romance is. Um, uh, you know, I feel like Romeo and Juliet is a romance. Am I right? Uh huh. Right? No, but yeah. it's not. No. <laughs> I mean, they were like, okay, then I don't know if. I... <laughs> um. No, a romance... I am a business major. All right.
0: Right. But <laughs> well, what would you like? You're you're talking about the contemporary idea of what a romance was. Yeah, which that's definitely what I'm talking about. Yeah, the lovey dovey birds of the world have taken over the world the word um romance. So explain and to me what old time romance is. Romance is like a literature movement or it's a genre of literature. Um, or just, you know, in general it's a genre. And it's all about epics fantasy uh, big adventures high high fantasy fairy tales folklore uh displacement from the everyday world once upon a time if, if a story starts with once upon a time it isn't it's a romance um okay. indistinct uh enchanted nature um a lot of families but like, the intact nuclear families are rare. So, say Star Wars, for example. You have a family and you have all these people related, but they're not. It's like, it's kind of this reveal of, oh. Because, like, Luke Luke Skywalker, so, there's this so big Star reveal Wars of. Star Wars is a romance? Yeah, Star Wars is a romance. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and it's other things, too. It's yeah. a space odyssey, but, you know, odyssey. Adventure epics, kind of romantic, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Another characteristic is kind of like that hidden, that hidden nature of who I am, that hidden identity. So whenever Luke finds out that he's Darth Vader's son, uh, that would be spoiler, by the way. Of course, it I mean that. that's a you, people should know <laughs> yeah, that, like, that by now. That's the spo- that's like how you tell people what a spoiler is. So yes, that like yeah. Indistinct travels, another aspect. So it's like you're going somewhere, but uh, like Lord of the Rings is a romance. Okay. Um, yeah. So, shoo, shoo. Yes, and it and it skips between places. It's 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 detached from everyday life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're not. You're not going to have a story about somebody going to buy coffee. That's not going to be a romance.
1: It's going to like just follow the main big events.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was more of the arise of of the the novel. That that's whenever like real life events came into like the working the middle class. Those lives started before that. It was all fairy tales, adventures, and big epics and heroes, okay. and legacies. So yeah, this story is a is a romance, right? And it is Shakespeare's one of his Shakespeare romances. And we kind of get that idea just because of the supernatural ability of it. Uh, The Tempest, obviously, from the title. It starts out, we got this ship, and it's in a storm or a tempest, should you. And it's going down, the ship's going down, and everyone's freaking out. So they shipwreck onto this island. And while doing that, some of them get separated. So all the, like, the king... The king and his subjects, so like his company, they all fall in the same place. And then the king's son actually got separated from them. That's Fernando, I think. Is his name Fernando, I don't know. Uh, Fernand? Yeah. Ferdinand? <laughs> it's in here somewhere. Um, Francisco. That wasn't Fr- even close Francisco. to Fernando. <laughs> Fernando Francisco! It's pretty close. <laughs> and then there's be kind of the low board, the the ship hands who also get mm-hmm, um, yeah. thrown off somewhere, and they and they arrive on this island, and you find out that there's this guy on this island who actually created the tempest. He has like magical powers, oh, which is okay. really cool to think about in a play, especially like that Elizabethan era. Just because
1: mm-hmm. I don't know, I just
0: I like big magical stuff and. <laughs> oopsies uh yeah so there's this guy his name's prospero and he's kind of like this warlock guy what happened was he was a duke but then his brother did a coup and took him out but didn't like kill him just ran him out of town Mm -hmm. then he get he exiles uh flees on a boat and gets lands on this island where he learns how to do magic and stuff he has these books and he reads a lot gosh there's so god there's so this story's (laughs)
1: it's It's not it's not
0: long it's just there's a lot of backstory like the beginning of the play the beginning of the play is Prospero's going around and he's talking to his daughter which is her mother died i think she did and he's kind of retelling like hey this is how we got here you're actually believe it or not you're a Duke's son. I I was a Duke back in Italy. And Miranda, she she has little to no memory. Like, she doesn't really... She's grown up on this island. Yeah, yeah. Um. So she's, like, all in wonder about it. And then, you know, Prospero has... Because Prospero was the one who created this tempest, the spirit... He has control of these spirits who are on the island. So this one spirit came up, um, Ariel, and... Ariel was kind of the the key player in that tempest like Ariel and I guess I'll I'll stick with the they pronoun because it can play by it can be plugged by either it's just a spirit uh so they kind of direct everyone to like they make it so that Francisco was separated
1: from Oh okay they did it on purpose
0: Man I might be completely off base here it might be f- I might have just lied <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, hold on. I might I might be wrong.
0: I might to complete. I'm trying to remember editors. I'm sorry, this is so clunky. <laughs> it's Ferdinand. It is? Fer- yeah, it's Ferd Francisco's just some nobody. So it's Ferdinand, okay? Ferdinand is the prince <laughs> of Naples. There you go. Okay, I'm actually looking at my script now, so. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, you find out that Ariel kind of separated them all into this three book, these three groups, and it falls along. There's a love story between uh, Ferdinand, sorry, and Miranda, which is... The Prince of Naples, and then Prospero's daughter. I know this is really hard to follow, but they have... There's a love story between, and then there's the high class, all the rich dukes and king. They, they are part of one. So one of them is Prospero's brother, the one who like threw him out. Mm-hmm. So he's there on that ship. That's kind of like why Prospero saw this opportunity to like kind of capture the ship and brought him back home, brought him to his island so he could torture them, more or less. He could set things right, uh, so he kind of psychologically tortures this group during the the play. And then, which is the character we're going to be getting into, Caliban. There's Caliban, who is an indigenous person on this island, and the low, the low people, the uh, the ship hands, and Trinculo, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Trinculo and Stefano. They're both servants to the king, and oh. all three of these groups all assume that everyone else on the ship died, so they're operating like that. Okay. So Trincolo, Trincolo and Stefano are like, "Ooh, this brand new island! We're gonna become kings on it. We're gonna rule this place, uh, <laughs> right?" Yeah, and, they, yeah. and then they find they find Caliban, and they're like, "Ooh, you, you!" And Caliban's very—he's nice, and he tells them about. Prospero and how Prospero's been um kind of torturing him because he he is more or less um Prospero's slave, Caliban is. And Caliban is actually called a slave by Prospero in the first scene that he's in between Prospero and Caliban, Prospero calls Caliban a slave six times.
1: Oh, okay. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: not uh, not the Yeah, it's not the best. You don't want to be a slave. Slaves aren't fun. All right, so where are we going with this? We're going with... We're going to talk about a specific idea that they talk about, which is the building of a utopia. At least, that's that's how I'm going to start it off. Mm -hmm. In the last scene that Miranda's in, she says this line. And I want you to translate it for me, okay? And I think you can do this. The the line is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The line is... Oh, wonder... Okay. (laughs) Oh, wonder... How many goodly creatures are there here? How beauteous mankind is, o oh brave new world that has such people in it
1: and And this is why they're building a new utopia.
0: well, yeah, it it's idolizing the future
1: mm-hmm. what do you like how do you interpret that? <laughs> well, I mean, she clearly likes humankind people because mm-hmm. she's talking about, like, oh, it's beautiful, and mm-hmm. um, she's talking about, you know, oh, how many goodly creatures are. So dude, I'm not good at this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a brave new world that has such people in it. Um, I don't know. Like, is she, she... Is like, looking forward to what's to come? Because, like...
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, she she has this picture of what the per- her perfect world would look like, and With all she's these- really yeah she's really innocent about it too because she's seen all these people for the first time because she's lived on the island by herself and her dad and this smelly guy named Caliban, mm. who, you know, isn't good and at least not, in their interpretation of it. Uh, and you know, Caliban tries to, d- to defile her. Um, yeah. At least, yeah, that's what they say. It doesn't happen on stage or anything, uh, which is a relief. Mm -hmm, But, yeah, yeah, she's kind of saying this idea of, oh, like, we can create something new. And then earlier in the play, there's this character named Gonzalo, who has this picture of what he sees as a new world, a brave new world. And we're going to give you a reading of that. I'm going to play Gonzalo. Paul's going to be Antonio and Sebastian, who during this whole time, Gonzalo's has this vision of what he sees as a utopia, and Antonio and Sebastian are just making fun of him the whole time. So, Paul, just be snarky as you want when you say these things, okay?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, just be snarky. You
1: got the script? <laughs> yep, I
0: got it. I'm <laughs> ready right, cool. to go. All right, cool. Uh, all right. Yep, right here in front. Okay,
1: so had I a plantation of this isle, my lord... He'd sowed it with needle seed, or docks, or mallows. And were the king on it, what would I do? Scaping drunk for the one of wine.
0: In the commonwealth, I would by contraries execute all things. For no kind of traffic would I admit, no name of magistrate, letters should not be known. Riches, poverty and the use of service. None, contract, succession, born, bound of land, tilth, vineyard, none. No use of metal, corn, or wine, or oil. No occupation, all men's idol, idol. All, and women too, but innocent and pure, no sovereignty.
1: Yet he wouldn't be king on it. The latter end of his commonwealth forgets the beginning. All
0: things in commonwealth nature should produce without sweat or endeavor. Treason, felony, sword, pike, knife, gun, or any or need of any engine would I not have? But nature should bring forth, of its own kind, all poison, all abundance to feed my innocent people. So that was there. We go. That was, uh, that was scene. That was, was Zala. That was Gonzalo, and I think Act Two. Um, yes, Act Two, Scene Two. Act, sorry, Act Two, Scene One. And of of interesting tidbit about this is it's almost word for word plagiarism of another piece
1: from Shakespeare like, or another person. No, like Shakespeare, like completely,
0: completely plagiarized the scene. Completely plagiarized it. Like so, so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I didn't crap. I didn't write down what it was.
1: I mean, back then you didn't get kicked out of university for it, so.
0: Oh, it's of cannibals. Huh. Of Monte Ponto something. Of cannibals is it what it's called. The, Interesting. The work that he plagiarized. Uh yeah, so Basically, we're going to go through and back and dissect this <laughs> uh, because I don't think, whenever I first hear Shakespeare, I'm like, what? what the heck? Well, you know, whenever I, before I started studying Shakespeare, mm-hmm. um, so he said, had I plantation of this isle, my lord, so if I were in control of this isle, and then Antonio's like, and he sowed it with needle seed, and Sebastian says, or docks and mallows, they're kind of like make making fun of him, they're like, oh, he'll i don't know why those are insults see <laughs> they're, they're they just, just kind of are all right yeah they're projecting on him what he's gonna say and gonzalo's like no if i were the king if i if i were, were in control what would i do and sebastian's like oh you'd probably be drunk all the time you just want to drink all the time and because was like no nah, no nah, nah, hold on no i'm gonna do everything but there's n- no there's not going to be a class system There's not going to be rich people. There's not going to be poor people. There's not going to be any work that we have to do. There's no going to. There's not going to be like this transition of property. I'm not going to give things to my son. There's no succession. Uh, We're not going to have to labor over metal, corn, wine, oil. We're not going to have to do any of that. You're just going to have to be idle. Everyone's going to be idle. You're going to be lazy. You're going to be relaxing. And women, too, all men and all women are but innocent and pure. And then, and then Sebastian's like, Yet you would be king on it because literally that's what he said. Uh, yeah. were I the king? And he's like, But you'd be king God, if you said there's no succession, then how can you be king? Um, and then, yeah, and, and Antonio kind of just uh says that as well. And then Gonzalo completely ignores him and he's like. All things in common nature should produce. So it's kind of like relying on, we don't have to do anything because everything will be there for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not going to commit crimes either. We're not going to, no one's going to attack each other. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what he considers. I would, with such perfection, govern, sir, the, excel, the glorious age to exhale, the glorious age, the, sorry, not glorious golden age yeah so that is kind of like this idea of utopias and what what it can be but then you think about how that plays into the lower class the people are the slaves Mm -hmm. and then you can talk about caliban
1: so it goes on to that
0: we're going to transition to caliban because he also has this view throughout the play and his view is Kill Prospero because Prospero is the one who is torturing me. He's the first person who came to the island, and I was already living here. Caliban's the indigenous. Him and his mom lived here, and then Prospero came, killed his mom, and turned Caliban into a slave. Mm -hmm. So they rely on Caliban to do work. They he he makes fire for them. He collects wood and brings them fire. So they need Caliban in his services, and. How he has dominion, how Prospero has dominion over Caliban is thieves of magic. He has magics that are unaware to him, which is really kind of directly related to how slavery came apart. Yeah. Because if you think about like ships, the sail sails, um, that was often thought of as like magic. Um Africans would see that and be like, Whoa. Uh, uh, I'm not getting near that. Yeah, like, that's... Because, you know, they don't know how it works. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the really... The the thing about it is, if you think about slavery, what they like to do is dehumanize them and say, we are better than you because you are worse. Like, you you cognitively are not as good as we are. Yeah. Which is completely wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not true. It's just the fact that you made ships because you were in dingy little england who and like mm-hmm. who would want to stay there but <laughs> everyone else was like living in paradise and it's like i don't have to leave uh <laughs> so there's caliban right and mm. he all he wants is for good old good old prosper to leave because i view it as a way that he he already he already kind of lived in that paradise
1: he lived in before Prospero showed up Yeah, like, he he was just...
0: Because he was in control of the island. Him and his mom were...
1: Mm -hmm. um, They're kind of just enjoying life.
0: Yeah, but then his mom comes and dies, and... Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's no fun. But, yeah, so, Caliban's trying... So, my question was, I wrote a paper about this, was, like, how can there be a utopia whenever you have this huge disparity between the powerful and the person who... Say like Gonzalo, for example, this is someone who is already high social class, kind of born into so, it. Yeah. So like, who is he to say what a perfect world would look like? Because if you're the one shaping this world, you can make the you can you can shape it in a way that still
1: makes you the favorite. The favorite. Yeah, kind of like how he was <clears throat> saying he was king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But... Just the fact that he called himself the king. But there were these no, you know, like everything was the same class, right? No, no, no name of magistrate. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah, but he, yeah, yeah, direct, good, good, good sight there, Paul. Look at me. Yeah, that was nice. Noise. 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 I'm pulling up my paper now. Um i think
1: i'm attempting
0: yeah sorry for the delay d2l that's our i'm going to my submission technical support literature uh, how to open a book it's literally the first page that is on here um here we go twangling humanity is the name of this paper um you know what twangling means no Neither do I. (laughs) Okay, uh, I'll explain. So, yeah. So, I talk about, like, identifying people's humanity and talking about how self-interest can also make things unbalanced. And then we have Caliban, who is referred to as a slave by, like, everyone in the play. Like, there's so many... There's a giant list of all the words that he's called. He is called Servant, Slave, Tortoise, Earth, Filth, Malice, Savage... Never Yields Us Kind Answers, Uh, Monster, Moon Calf, Fish, Smelly, Islander, Indian, Devil, Nature and Nurture, Beast, and one of the biggest ones is Thing of Darkness. How do those... That's
1: a a long (laughs) negative list. Yeah, not only that, but he calls him
0: a poisonous, lying, and a bored slave so obviously they're like he's imprinting villainous qualities onto him Mm -hmm. and caliban's like oh gosh like i i taught you how to live on this island and now you're you turned me into this slave and i don't like that so it's really clear why caliban's salty all the time because he doesn't like prospero but whenever he he meets Trinculo and Stefano. He's like, OMG! Like, I can have these people kill Prospero, which I think is really important. And I didn't talk about this in my paper. Is the fact that he wants Prospero—sorry, he wants Prospero dead—but he's not willing to do it himself. And I think that is incredibly, incredibly humane because no one likes to be the one who pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. Despite having that conflicting of emotion, emotion of wanting someone
1: dead. Yeah. Despite but, of like how badly he treats people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Caliban, Caliban's doing this. And then a really emotional part of the play is whenever he he is talking with Lanko and S- Stefano. And he, this is, there's a really good speech a- adaptation of this. And it's just the speech. Um, it's in the King's speech, actually. So I sent you this video. Mm-hmm. And I will put it in uh, the footnotes. Yeah. And also, it is a great uh, movie.
1: You should just is, ev- yeah. watch The oh, King's yeah. Speech. Just,
0: just watch The King's Speech. It's really good. Uh, so, Paul, you watched this video.
1: Mm-hmm. Was there anything
0: that stood out to
1: you about this? Anything at all? Words, costumes? Well, I found it interesting how uh, his one son was like, oh, he's just going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, And then so as I- he continued talking, his son ended up, like, getting into it. I thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so in it, pretty much, we have this dad who, his one dad, or his one son's like, "Hey, can you, can you, can we play that game whenever you do a monologue from a Shakespeare play, and we have to find out what it is?" Um, so he's like, "Okay, let's do this." Uh, and the monologue goes as follows: "Art thou afeared? Be not afeared. The aisle's full of noises." sounds and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not sometimes a thousand twangling instruments will hum about my ears and sometimes voices that if i had then waked after a long sleep will make me sleep again and then in dreaming the clouds me thought would open and show riches ready to drop upon me that when i waked i cried to dream again
1: And there you have. What do
0: you, it. what do you what do you think that means?
1: <laughs> Dude, you can't keep doing this. <laughs>
0: okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's just do it line, these two lines. Be not afeard, the is full of noises, sounds and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not.
1: Um Be not afe- okay. Uh, he started, so the isle, so wherever they're at, right? Mm-hmm. There's the island. Of, the island, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said it was full of fears and noises and stuff right Mm. so like not
0: not fears sounds and sweet airs okay so So like it smells nice it smells good and it sounds good
1: okay sounds good smells good what was the last line you said
0: uh well sounds and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not
1: okay well there's good sounds and there's good things to smell and they don't hurt you they don't harm you
0: yeah it's not something you should be worried about it's something that you should like Okay. So then he goes and he kind of explains to and he says, sometimes a thousand twangling instruments will hum in my ears. So sometimes these sounds that you hear on the island, they kind of lull me to sleep. Okay. And they put me in this reverie that I, I love so much. And then he says, um, yeah, that if I had waked after a long sleep, would make me sleep again, which is this reverie, this dream that he's having and then in dreaming the clouds me thought would open and show riches ready to drop upon me so that is saying i was having this dream and i got showered with like the graces of heaven i got showered with the riches of heaven i i was right there i was touching beauty and just joy the emotion of uh safety security and prosperity Uh Uh, and then so ready to drop upon me that when I waked I cried to dream again and this is whenever it gets really sad is because he identifies that I have this idea of like perfection even like that utopia that we're talking about Uh or like that I think about things and they kind of put me off into this trance and then I wake up and I realize I'm not in that I, I realize that that's not reality. Okay. Those are just thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are They're just ideas. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel like that's something that's really, really, really prevalent in human nature. Because how many times will you go off and you'll start dra- daydreaming and have like these fantastic daydreams, and then you, then you're like, wait a second, I'm sitting in a lecture right now, and I should actually be taking notes.
1: Oh yeah, wait a second.
0: Yeah. Um, these are like really human things. Of course, this one's a little more intense than just taking notice. This is like, has to do with slavery and stuff.
1: Yeah. A little, <laughs> but, little, more, little more extreme.
0: Yeah, it's a little more extreme. But then I go on in my paper and I talk about uh, I talk about like how that, you know, is, you know, the use of he gets really creative with po- poetry. This is a really poetic sh- um, speech. Hmm. And it's the more you read Shakespeare, the more you listen to Shakespeare, the more you can understand it just by hearing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I,
0: and I'm kind of like halfway in that point where if you start talking to Shakespeare to me, I usually have a pretty good understanding of what you're saying. But, you know, it doesn't help. I mean, it always helps to go through and can mark up it? the page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he uses like this creative use of otomatopoeia, the thousand twangling instruments. I really like because um, the word twangling specifically uh and then like the religious allegory of the clouds opening up um and then he's like oh crap this is great prospero comes along and he's like oh no it's not great anymore cuz i'm a slave now and prospero like makes things pinch me and then he's taught me all this stuff and my only benefit is that now i can curse that uh, that's a line you taught me language and my profit on it is i know how to curse Um, yeah, and I said this suggests Caliban feels rejected, that the aid he first provided when Prospero came to the island has been used to make him a slave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then he is foul and wicked because of that. Um, going on, Twangle, we're going back to Twangle. If If you had, I, okay, so I'm gonna, first thing I'm going to tell you is that I do not know what this word means, Twangle. So if you had to give twangle a definition, what would it be?
1: What? How was it used in the play?
0: Uh, a Thousand Twangling Instruments.
1: I feel like twangle just means like, it mean like intertwining or, you know, like working together in a way. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. that makes, you know, some sense.
0: Yeah. I kind of see it as like twangling as a sound, like a twangle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's a twinkle and a twangle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what I said in my paper is because this word, this word, has been used six times. It has been published six times in all of history.
1: That's insane.
0: It's crazy. There are a lot of books out there, and this has been in a book six times. Two of them were in Shakespeare plays. <laughs> um. So yeah, twangle, and I and I took it as this is Caliban being creative. He's he's creating a particular word that stands out because um, even though there isn't a definition, you kind you can kind of put a definition onto it just because of how it's used. Like you, you, I said, a thang, thousand twangling instruments, and you're like, oh yeah, like things that are like intermixing together. A- anybody can put this piece this together. Mm-hmm. It's naturally what you do. Whenever you don't know what words means, you look you for guess, context clues. You guess. And you guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I see it. I see twangle as less as a word with a definition and more as a direct translation from the thousand instruments. Okay. So, of this orchestra, what is this orchestra making? It's making a twangle. <laughs> that's 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 literally what it sounds like. Um, so I I see this as like Caliban creating his own vernacular. Yeah. Which just means like he's creating something that's specific for this environment and that has come from this environment. This isn't something you know I I say like a twangle can only be heard on this island because this is something like whenever you go here the this it sounds like a twangle. Uh <laughs> and I guess that is kind of like putting a definition on a definition. Like saying yeah. that this is that and that is this, but at the same time, it's it's a cool way to think about it. Um, but yeah, then then there's like Caliban. He believes in a different god than everybody, so they kind of like associate his beliefs with the devil. Uh, they call him Ooh. a devil a couple times. They're like, "How the devil are you?" Or they say like, Prospero's all like, "Yo, the devil birthed you."
1: <laughs> That's not. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty intense play, which is weird because this, this play ends, and, you know, this is just one subplot of the play, the whole disparity between Caliban and Prospero and Caliban wanting to have revenge on it, but not, and he knows how to have revenge on it. He's like, make sure you kill him. Steal his books first so he doesn't have magic anymore. Steal his knowledge and then kill him. But he does; he's not the one who does this. He enlists other people to do it. But he does die. Who? Prospero. No, he does not. Oh. oh. Prospero does not die. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. Prospero is off. He's torturing his brother and the king of Naples and all these people who politically miss like did a huge grievance and you know threw him out of mm. power, staged a political coup. So obviously he has reason to not like these people and it's pretty evident he has he has ariel his servant go around and uh torture them and like make them hear things and try to like make them turn on each other and (laughs) uh then he he gets everyone into like the same spot and he's like okay let's have a powwow kumbaya we're all friends now let's go home and that's it
1: that's how the play ends Prospero united everybody.
0: He, he, yeah.
1: There is some,
0: there are some things that aren't necessarily said. Like, we don't know if Caliban goes home with them.
1: Yeah, like, what, what does he do? Does he, right. Does Prospero the leave last... the island?
0: See, that's another thing that we don't know. Because, because he, he says, like, oh, let's go home now. But then there's the prologue, right? Yeah. Um, Here. The epilogue spoken by Prospero so yeah he just said be free and fare thou fare thou well um and he's like don't worry I'll calm the seas I'll make the tempest not have happen anymore so we can all get home uh Ariel you can go they have um for Ferdinand right Ferdinand, is that Ferdinand. That
1: is yeah yeah, yeah Fernan. <laughs> <laughs> ferdinand and uh
0: miranda they get married um oh wow look at that yeah and then he's like okay we can all go now and then let's see let's That's see what let's see what we're left with prospero saying this is the epilogue so it's after act five hmm. now my charms are all overthrown and what strength i have's mine own which is most faint now is true, I must be here confined by you, or sent to Naples. Let me not, since I have my dukedom, God, and pardon the deceiver, dwell in this bare island by your spell. But release me from my bands with the help of your good hands. Gentle breath of yours, my sails, must fill, or else my project fails, which was to please. Now I want spirits to enforce art, to, sorry, to enforce art to enchant and by my ending is despair unless i be relieved by prayer which pierces so that it assaults mercy itself and frees all faults as you from crimes would be pardoned let your indulgence set me free this is really meta he is talking like directly at the audience here and he's saying yo uh i'm kind of your slave or i guess not that's not the good word I'm just, he's saying that this is kind of like, so this is Shakespeare's last play. This is Shakespeare coming up to the audience, like through Prospero and saying, I realize that I'm awesome and you have liked all my stories, but I'm a go now and you can kind of do whatever you want.
1: That's a send off. (laughs) That's kind of what he says.
0: I think if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a way to end
0: it, I guess. In this bare island by your spell, but release me from my bands with the help of your good hands. So this is all just a story, and you can hold on to it, of course. But eventually, you're going to have to let go because this isn't real. Mm-hmm. This is; these are just actors on a stage. This isn't; these are just shadows. These are,
1: um, yeah. So, so Caliban does he? Does he? So he stays on the island. Um, I think he does. There's okay. the last thing that he says. I mean, he'd probably stay there with Prospero. Do they like? Is that <laughs> they become buds, man? Do they become buds, or does I don't know.
0: Um, the last thing Prospero says that Caliban is: "Go, sire, to my cell. Take with you your companions as you look to have my pardon. Trim it handsomely."
1: So he's like, "Go." clean my room oh dude prospero's getting back and caliban's gonna kill him dude we never know but <laughs> all right we're, w- we're writing a sequel right we're writing it, we're writing it. the story the of revenge caliban the revenge of caliban the revenge of caliban oh well that's a, yeah i mean that's that's kind of how a, it ends though that's kind of a cool way to end that
0: prospero just says go clean my room and he's like okay yeah sure i'll totally do that um
1: yeah
0: and he walks out
1: totally haven't been trying to kill you the entire time <laughs>
0: yeah and it's a weird it's definitely a weird kumbaya like I remember I I was reading this for class and for the first day of class we only had to read the first two acts and I was like whoa this is awesome I love how I love the magic in it and I love how this is going I can't wait to see like what happens and then I was like wait a
1: second <laughs> they're all happy in
0: the. I was expecting like some bloodshed or something Yeah, nope yeah.
1: <laughs> Nothing. You do not deserve that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Shakespeare wanted to end it by saying kumbaya. Kumbaya. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Well.
0: There's my thoughts of of these things that I've been thinking about the Tempest recently. I know it's a little, uh, I know I ran through things really fast and it was a little jumbled, but. I hope you got something from it. You followed along the best that you could. And you weren't repulsed by my fish-like smell, or rather Caliban's fish-like smell.
1: Because you can smell through podcasts.
0: You can smell through podcasts. You can smell through plays. You can smell through scripts. <laughs> I mean, you you listened to the last episode. We talked about smells the whole time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. You were there.
0: <laughs> I was there.
1: All right, well you think it's time for some good old over under you got uh, you totally you, don't have anything prepared do you um, I can
0: get something prepared in 20 seconds
1: 20 seconds all right I'll, mm-hmm. stall, I'll stall for you for 20 seconds wait
0: okay um, let me get a piece of piece of pencil
1: let me let get me, a piece of pencil here's um, so the pencil some of the, the uh, you know the weather
0: yeah Shit, I
1: don't have a pencil. The the uh, weather's been nice. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Uh um it's uh, you know, been like thirty degrees and I've been wearing my coat when I go outside. And it's it's always great, you know, walking around in my coat. I did did some laundry today. I had to be that good old responsible uh college student cleaning the sheets. Um Connor, it's been more than twenty seconds, dude. I can't, I can't keep. Okay, this up. I got, I got the first one. Yeah, yeah. So we're sticking with. Um, we can just do our... one. T- we'll just do one today. Oh, just one. I'll, I have three. A- oh, okay. Well, l- l- let's just go.
0: Okay. Um, do you want to like do a breakdown, or do you want to do a speed round? I'll
1: break down the first one.
0: Okay. So I'm gonna say. Stargazing over underrated. Underrated. Underrated.
1: I'm a really big like, like fascinated with space kind of guy. Uh huh. Like I, I actually am taking astrology, uh, or astronomy. I mean, not astrology. Astrology is fake. Astronomy for my uh, science like credit hours I need okay um, so so I, I know
0: i I want you to make a clarification here just because you like astronomy does that play into how other people view astronomy
1: uh what what do you mean so over
0: underrated isn't necessarily your thoughts about it of course it is it is definitely like how you feel a certain way but it's in comparison to how everyone else feels about it so okay. if people yeah, hype yeah. something up. So I have to say, like, like Frozen, you could say was overrated because of how big it was. You know, like everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Let It Go," like that's so overrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves it, but it's not as good as All you right. say it is. All right, I get so, what I
1: get. What you're saying. Okay. okay. So let's just throw out the astronomy stuff. I do really like the space stuff anyway. But no, I will. I will still say it's underrated because you gotta you gotta think when you're like looking up, and you're looking at the stars those are things that are light years away. And you're obviously not thinking about that when you're looking up there, but just like all of, I guess the history and stuff that's going on when you're looking up in the sky and like just the possibilities of what's out there. I think it's, I think when people look up, they're just like, Oh, some stars and that's it. Wow. I feel like there's a lot more to it when you're looking up at the sky and you're like, you see all the different constellations and mm-hmm.
0: now how do you how do you feel with that in terms of say uh the natal chart uh astrology you know, zodiac signs
1: i i i don't really i think uh astrology is that kind of is that is that over or underrated astrology yeah uh overrated i don't i don't believe in all the astrology stuff like the oh you were born during this you know time when these stars were aligned like this which means you're going to be like that and
0: uh-huh
1: i don't i don't think any of that's accurate whatsoever like you'll you'll occasionally uh find like some instances where like oh yeah i guess that kind of matches up mm-hmm. but for the most part it's all just it's all made up it was pro- uh, at, and my professor actually told me this it was proven back in like the 1600s that astrology like wasn't accurate like it just didn't work out
0: mm-hmm. um, now i have so there there are these new there are these new things about now where there's a whole spectrum of all the different like you have your rising and your your sun yeah. and your yeah, moon yeah, yeah. you know all that like yeah. And to me, what that feels like is they're trying to throw as many of the definitions of your personality, like as many personality definitions at you, so that whenever you do something that is in line with it, you can it, say, oh, that was whenever you were acting like a Leo because it was your rising star. And Yeah, yeah. During this time is whenever you act like a Leo, and it's only that time. Which, I will say, though, that I am a Leo, and...
1: I definitely act like a Leo. So, kind of a funny thing. Um, My my professor did an experiment because he wanted to have a bad
0: rep, a really bad rep. rep. Yeah, they do. I think they do. Everyone's like, "Fuck you, Leos." (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, but what (laughs) would your professor
1: do? Um, So he did this. (laughs) He did this kind of experiment because he wanted to prove to everyone that like astrology was a bunch of bull. Um, Mm -hmm. And he put up all the all the different like like a you know how you know I'm a Gemini or it would be classified as a Gemini you mm-hmm. would look up Gemini and you'd maybe get like a paragraph like telling you what a Gemini is right yeah so he put up on our our projector all of the different you know symbols signs whatever but he just put up the paragraph that you would find if you looked him up so like the definitions kind of of each symbol like the personality that would be that symbol and he told everyone to pick one and, you know, class is about close to 100 people. Um, then he revealed, okay, this is the dates. These are the actual, you know, signs or whatever. You know, Gemini and, and Leo and all that stuff, Aries. And only, I think it was only like five people. It was, it was less than five people chose the accurate, like, one that they right. would have been classified as. And how many people were in that class? About a 100. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, he and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that just proved, like, how, you know, you think, okay, I'm that. But an astrologer would be like, oh, no, no, no. You're, you know, Gemini. You kind of like, you, you got something, right?
0: Yes. But that's your sun that is showing your, yeah, your rising. You,
1: you know, yeah, yeah. Your, so
0: it's your uh, rising Capricorn is the reason why you feel sad today. Yeah.
1: No, but yeah, I'm all like the whole astrology thing. I'm like, oh, whatever. But yeah, yeah I think, think I whatever. think stargazing's underrated. Though I think you know, it's just what you're mm-hmm. looking up at is truly incredible. So well, yeah,
0: and I don't think people who like astrology or even stargazers—they don't care about the stars really. Yeah. They just—it's not like they go out there and be like, "OMG, it's my time of the year. Uh, Leo is in the sky." Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're gone, you know. Look at the sky for so long. Yeah,
0: somehow
1: it goes. But yeah, that's my that's my take on That's my take too. I, I wish I personally wish like I lived in an area like where the sky was c- extremely clear during the night. Yeah, like I'd like to travel somewhere I could like really look at the stars.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely in a place where yeah. you she, can't she, see she, the stars. She,
1: Chicago isn't isn't too ideal. So stargazing here is definitely
0: underrated. Yeah, definitely yeah.
1: underrated. Yeah. Like whenever now, I get whenever I get the chance, I'm, I I try to do it.
0: Now, how do you feel about cloud gazing? Uh,
1: overrated.
0: Overrated, really.
1: Yeah. I
0: yeah I agree with you. I, I think cloud gazing is kind of overrated. So it's,
1: it's kind of it's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, that
0: looks like a dinosaur. Like, the stars, Uh, you know,
1: those are actually, you know, there, and they're pretty interesting. (laughs) While, like, you know, it's a cloud holding water, so. Uh, uh, There are some cool clouds. Like, storms are cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can get some, like, storm clouds are kind of cool, but. I don't think you want to go out and cloud gaze when there's a storm going on.
0: That's true. I, Yeah, people don't cloud gaze at the right times.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if there's some tornado clouds, I want to go out and cloud gaze. But, you know, (laughs) There's also the fact that oh, there's a tornado going on.
0: Yeah, there is a tornado going on. So there's totally, totally a tornado.
1: Totally tornadoing.
0: <laughs> but you know that that definitely is also a stereotype um, <laughs> of whenever like you get that alert of your phone telling you to stay inside, like severe storm mm-hmm. warning, stay inside, go to your basement, and yeah. then. You have that guy who, once he gets the alert, he goes and steps outside.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, let's see what's going on. It's it's typically
0: placed on dads. (laughs) Like, I don't know, it's just some dad stereotype. Stereotypes are bad, people. Don't do Yeah, stop
1: stereotyping.
0: Yeah, stop stereotyping everything.
1: Gosh. (laughs) All right, you said you got one more?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, And this is, how do you feel about movie dates?
1: Um. See that one's kind of. I feel like that totally depends on the couple and the movie. I'll say they're. Let's say uh, let's
0: say first date.
1: First date. Uh, overrated. I feel like okay. a, I feel like a movie date on a first date is kind of like the easy way out. If that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Because you just hey. I'll pick you up talk on the car right let's watch the movie now we got to be quiet for two hours right you know if, yeah, if you I, aren't going I, on a first date go go somewhere and talk with the person right
0: yeah yeah you need to talk to somebody first
1: like once you get to a point like you've been out for a while yeah go on a movie date if right. you both want to see the movie go for it Mm-hmm. but yeah I think if... a, a, for a first date I don't think it's a good idea
0: cool so, so you hear that with Valentine's Day coming around the coming corner. Coming around the
1: corner, yeah. Not it's not even a month away. It's it's closing in.
0: If you're between stargazing and movie date, definitely go star- stargazing. <laughs>
1: go stargazing for sure. Bring but right.
0: bl- I know it's cold outside. Bring a blanket.
1: Yeah, bring a blanket. Wear a coat. Cuddle. Wear a coat. You're good.
0: You can cuddle, and you know if cuddles too forward, that's why you bring abundance of everything. Effort just have everything of all all the warm stuff
1: yeah 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 get get a nice warm apple pie i don't know whatever you need
0: cool um yeah do you you have a would you rather i do i do
1: have a would you rather um so would you rather see a shakespeare play in the time when Shakespeare was writing them so like oh, the Tempest is announced and it's going, you know, first time you're going to be able to see it. You can go see it. 16,
0: 16, 14 maybe.
1: So go see a Shakespeare play when Shakespeare was around or go listen to a Beethoven symphony when Beethoven was around.
0: Shakespeare. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, music's cool and all, but Shakespeare, dude. It's live theater. It's humanity.
1: All right. All right. Is there a play you'd choose out of his? Uh, Like if you could only go back in time for like a three hour period and you had to just pick one of his plays. Honestly, The Tempest
0: would be amazing to see. Yeah. Because I'd love to see how they do that with the production that they have. Because now we can use lights and Mm. sounds and audio clips. They didn't have that then.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. So, like, do they, like, in the play, it, 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 like, the crash happens, right, onto the island, like, the boat crash?
0: Yeah, well, they start off on a boat. Like okay, yeah, on so that'd be interesting to see, like, how they sea. do
1: the tempest and everything.
0: Yeah, and then there's, like, there are times whenever, like, the spirits will come on stage, and they'll kind of do, the, like this musical, mm-hmm. they just, like, have this musical entourage, and it's, I've, yeah. you know, I've I've listened to some recordings of it, some audio books of it and some of it's really cool
1: okay um,
0: just like hearing how they put that all together and, and and if you don't have the technology for it i'd i'd love to see what kind of creative way a low well a creative way that a low uh technology budget audience could have it.
1: production budget thing yeah also yeah.
0: you know um you know the term break a leg yeah uh One of there, I think there are two origin stories for like where that came from. But the one that I know, the one that I've heard multiple times, is that break a leg was a way to say good luck because you wanted to the audience like because instead of like clapping, the audience would stomp their feet. So you you'd want this audience to stomp their feet so much that they would break their leg doing it.
1: Huh, that's kind of interesting that they would stomp their feet. Yeah, they would i'd probably also go see a shakespeare play so i don't know which one i'd go see i mean i think Mm -hmm. i think like uh hamlet would be really cool
0: Hamlet would be awesome i
1: I did like hamlet so but you know nothing on beethoven i really like beethoven but yeah i'd I'd probably go see shakespeare too
0: cool yeah no no offense beethoven no offense but,
1: we don't want to offend you i mean we know you're yeah. dead for some time but still yeah.
0: yeah you asked i gotta say paul you asked an english major <laughs> yeah i know i probably should have thought about that <laughs> yeah like ask a music student see what they say
1: yeah that's all do next time we'll get a music student on here okay cool we'll uh get get kudo get ben in just just for the question
0: <laughs> kudo i you know i don't know i don't know what he would think
1: yeah, that's he's funny. kind of a
0: contemporary musician. I don't know how he feels about the classics. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone likes the classics. I mean, yeah, of course. How can you not? Times are moving. Up? Times a moving. You gotta keep it.
1: Anyway, I hope I hope you all enjoyed listening to Connor talk Shakespeare. I mean, this is definitely a different kind of episode for sure. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. You all-
0: I was a- yeah, I hope I hope I could uh, express some of my thoughts, and that maybe you
1: piqued your interest a little bit. And maybe I, if you maybe, wanna, maybe one go read some Shakespeare now. Oh, yeah, nice. if you
0: want to go, I actually would love that. Like, if anybody wants to talk to me or say like, does if anybody wants to just hang out, and what we'll do is just oral. Like, we'll just have Shakespeare readings. We'll just read it together. Just That's all, I, we have all to do. Shakespeare. Yeah, or any play really, but I do yeah, kind of want to read *The
1: Tempest*. I'm going to be honest;
0: it's really good.
1: You have you've caught my interest.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely. I would read. I would read one part. I really liked was whenever, I'll give you a, an act and a scene. Um, uh, it was with all the. I think it was uh shoot oh yeah it was in act two. It was Act 2, and it's between... Not Stefano, that's Caliban. Not Trinculo. I think it's Act 2, Scene 1.
1: Act 2, Scene 1. There you go.
0: Act 2, Scene 1.
1: There you have it. Go read it.
0: Yeah, Act 2, Scene 1's really good.
1: All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Go, uh... Again, we're, we're still, uh producing content over on pokemon central you can go, mm-hmm. check, go check that out mm-hmm. and uh yeah
0: here are two lines from act two scene one sebastian well i am standing water antonio i'll teach you how to flow
1: and scene there you go
0: and scene that's the whole scene
1: <laughs> bye